The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome everyone, all of you intentional spirits out there. Um, Been away a week or two. It's so good to be back. I always look forward to connecting with you more in live form. That's kind of nice. And I just uh, love that idea of I feel every time we do the show, I know Jeff feels that way as well. We were just saying we've been doing this for 12 years. So he's younger than I am. He needs me to tell you that. So we've cleared that already. But um, (laughs) we have been bringing you uh, shows from phenomenal people that talk about how the situations of their lives crafted and carved them to be who they are today. And that's really what it's all about. There are many people that live in victimhood or their religiosity teaches them that, you know, what happens to you, good luck, you know, hope you make it through it, um, put a little prayer in there. And our approach is that everything that happens to you is happening for you. Nothing is ever against you. And it shape shifts you to be a greater human being, to understand your own spirit, And that's the case with our powerful guest today, Suzanne Ross. Welcome to our show today. I'm so glad you're here. I was really looking forward to connecting with you. Thank you so much, Temple. I'm so excited to be on Intentional Spirit, and I couldn't agree more with what you were just saying about moving out of victim mindset and into a sense of empowerment and certainly our reality is happening for us as we move through it and create every moment with the power of our intention. So thank you so much for sharing that. Well, you know, Suzanne, I I think that, you know, we are, as a culture, bombarded with, you know, platitudes, posters, and I'm guilty of that too. I'm sending a poster out about this or that with my name on it. But I, I think that it, it can be such an intellectual concept, you know, that what is happening to me is happening for me. And yet in that emotional aspect of that, um, and I, I talk about that in my book, one of them is how I went back. I was working with my shamanic teacher and I went back And I wrote down like 30, 40, 50 things on each individuated sheets of paper of this is what happened. Oh, this is what happened. And then I went back with those same sheets of paper and looked at because that happened, how am I different? And it's so profound, you know, when you clear that in your life, because otherwise you carry that habit. What's happening now? You know, why are you calling? What's up now? And sadly, um, and then I'll get off my soapbox today, but sadly, we're bombarded and programmed and trained through media, 
through the news, we, you, nobody gets a five minute break because if you survived COVID, then the hurricane's now coming or the variant is coming or this is coming. And if you don't make that self-correct, uh, that's how you lived your life. You live your life reactively and defensively instead of proactively. And now the rest is up to you, my dear, because you're going to tell us how. <laughs> ah, no pressure, though. No, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, number one, turn off the friggin' news. <laughs> this is a red flag number one. <laughs> Please tune out of the mainstream media because it is so full of a fear and separation agenda, especially these days. And so to tune into an empowered mindset and move out of the victim mindset, we can engage in practices just like the one you were sharing about trying to understand how these transformational experiences in your life shifted you. And then in doing so, understanding the greater meaning and deeper purpose behind them. My first book, Wake Up, Awakening Through Reflection, is a 10-day life lessons workshop, and it's all about that. It is about reflecting on the most transformational experiences of your life, and in doing so, identifying the causes. Why did this happen? What caused this to happen? And then journaling the effects. What were the effects that this experience had on myself and others? And in doing so, the valuable life lessons hidden within these experiences becomes crystal clear. And then I give you a process by which you can apply these lessons to your life today intentionally, intentionally creating meaningful experiences that incorporate these life lessons so that you can consciously evolve toward more enlightened ones. And in this process, really intentionally creating and purposefully evolving, when I started to wake up on my path, I was insatiable curiosity about everything to do with science, religion, spirituality, quantum physics, all in search of a deeper meaning and greater purpose to life. What is the meaning and purpose? And then one day I was walking out in nature and I felt a tap on my shoulder and a whisper in my ear said, look up. And I looked up in the sky and written across the sky in puffy white lettering, it said, meaning to create, purpose to evolve. And I knew I was witnessing a miracle, one of many, many miracles I've witnessed. And in that moment, after the awe of the miracle wore off, I just felt this profound sense of relief. Thank you for this simple answer about the meaning and purpose of life. And so I felt inspired to write my book, Wake Up. Uh, knowing that the meaning of our life is to create, and why not create meaningful experiences that incorporate these life lessons that we came here to learn so that we can consciously evolve 
toward more enlightened ones being the purpose, the purpose to evolve. Living and you know what I, what I love about the statement that you just made is that um, you said, and you know, and it, the answer was so simple. And you know that that's another thing I I have found through the years is that often people will go, well, that's too simple. You know, they'll come into a unity community and they'll listen to the simplicity of the formula, okay, and how you're working with these natural laws and all of that and and there's that tendency to go that's too simple oh you mean i just need to stop drinking oh that's too simple do you know what i mean i'm glad that you didn't go well that's too simple i'm determined it has to be hard and so therefore you know i'm gonna i'm gonna pass and i'm i'm gonna look again my my curiosity with you is um because I just love your your vibration of, you know, your energy field. And, and of course, let, let's be real. I mean, being in Sedona doesn't hurt you. <laughs> uh, without a I mean, doubt. Oh, poor right? little you, poor little Suzanne, doing re- retreats in Sedona. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Listen, this will this will totally date me. Um, but it's also a compliment that I have so much energy and I'm so young even now. Um, do you remember Dick Sutphin? Gosh, the name sounds a little familiar. He was like the grandfather, of, in my humble opinion, of making people aware that Sedona was even existing. It's long before Sedona became the tourist hotspot. Anyway, research Dick Sutton, and um, I, I think you'll you'll be blessed by the experience. But everybody tuning in, I'm talking to Suzanne Ross, and you can go to her website at SuzanneRossWellness.com, and she does a lot of work in Sedona. Our Reverend Kimberly was just in Sedona. I've been a number of times, and there's really nothing like the experience but coming all the way back full circle uh suzanne see i told you we wouldn't run out of anything to talk about we'll just run out of time and that will be it but um did you like go through were you in any kind of shadow before the wake up or were you one of those special people that it just kept getting better and better and you didn't have to go down the, the hill or you didn't have to fall down uh, past learning to walk. What, do you have a, a space of that at all? Or has it just been kind of incremental in, in the awakening process? Thank you for asking. Yes, prior to my profound awakening experience on a mountaintop <laughs> in the desert <laughs> in 1995, I was working in the corporate world, living on the East Coast, and I felt terribly misaligned with my true calling. I felt displaced on the East Coast. My hair was falling out in clumps. I had eczema all over my skin and was being rushed to the hospital for anxiety attacks. (laughs) One morning I walked out into the kitchen and said, there's got to be more meaning and purpose to life than this. Waking up, fighting brutal traffic, going to work to combat with brutal, mean-spirited politics, 
just to fight traffic again, go to bed, wake up, and do it over and again and again and again and again. There's got to be more to life than this. This isn't what I signed up for. And in that moment, the phone rang, and it was my parents inviting me to the desert of Southern California where they had a new vacation home. And it was December in New Jersey, blizzarding, and I said, well, that is what I need as a break from it all. So I took off, went out to the desert of Southern California. When I drove into the desert and stood at the top of this grade that dropped down into the desert valley and I saw the palm trees swaying in the wind and the beautiful blue skies and bright sun shining, I felt as if I had come home. Then over the course of the next couple of weeks, I started to experience love and laughter and joy and singing and dancing with my family and having so much fun. And then as the vacation was coming to an end, I just felt overwhelmed with this impending sense of doom. And Mm -hmm. so one morning, I woke up at the crack of dawn, and I felt compelled to run to the mountain range behind their house. I threw on my shoes, ran out the door. As I was running toward this mountain, I was weeping, and I was just thinking, maybe if I just keep running, I can run away from my fate. Then I ran up the side of this mountain, and at the top, I threw my arms up to the sky, and I just said, I am miserable in the extreme, and I see no way out. And in that moment, I felt this total sense of calm wash over me, and I heard a voice resonate within me and all around me, and it said, can't you see you've come home? You'll stay here and heal yourself and many others. And in that moment, I knew that was the absolute truth for me. All the anxiety and depression melted away and was replaced by excitement and enthusiasm over my new life in the desert as a healer. I ran down the mountain, spontaneously healed in a moment, and over the course of the next two weeks just followed the energy as it told me, go here, go there, do this, do that. That very day I went to the local five-star resort, applied for a job in health and wellness, and was hired on the spot to start in two weeks. And so I said yes. As I was walking through the parking lot, I thought, well, this is surreal. I have a whole life on the East Coast. But long story short, I moved to the desert in two weeks, started my new life in the desert as a healer, and I never looked back. Wow. What a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story. What city were you in in Southern California? Borrego Springs. Oh, wow. Well, that that is such a beautiful story. You were, um, I don't want to say, you know, incorrectly positioned, but it, it, the people don't often understand that, you know, geographically, you can totally be just located in the wrong place, <laughs> you know. And, and like you said, it's just, you know, what is that? They say the same old stuff, different day you know, and just going through the motions. And a lot of people, that that is the level that they call life. Um, the wake up, though, that you're defining is there's more to it than than that. So you you then set out on a on a healing uh, journey. Tell us and tell our community that listens uh, from all over um, what kind of uh, healing uh, do you do? 
Thank you for asking. And so over the years, it has taken on many different expressions from physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. And so most recently, my major focus now is spiritual, emotional, mental well-being. I moved out of the physical um, as far as uh, being focused on fitness and nutrition. Um, Now my main focus is energy healing. I guide spiritual journeys out on the land here in Sedona and out in the vortex. I guide uh, sound healing journeys, visualizations, chakra clearing and attunements, higher self alignments. And then indoors at the spiritual center, I offer readings anywhere from past life regressions, or I call them timeline regressions, to multidimensional soul reunions where I activate dormant DNA and connect you in to your eternal soul so that you can see through the eyes of your eternal soul all of the beings that you're projecting into different timelines and dimensions. And so that defines my current work. I also do a lot of online sessions over Zoom. I also host retreats out here in Sedona, spiritual retreats, every equinox, and also... uh, like to host uh, events and so uh, conferences and I speak at conferences around the world as well especially um, here in the desert southwest and in California so yes very busy Um, I wrote my book rise up and it was released in 2018 it's 10 days on the ascension path very focused on ascension now and really do believe that we have entered into a time, the fourth age, according to the Hopis, this time of transition in this realm of choice where we choose to serve the light or to continue to dwell in the shadows. Uh, There is going to be, as far as uh, my understanding, a bifurcation of timelines where those who are done learning through separation and suffering uh, will ascend into the next higher dimensional plane of perception into the next spectrum of light uh, while those who aren't done learning uh, in the reality of 3D duality and they will uh, continue around the 3D wheel swerving on the curvature of the elliptical wheel uh, on a devolution descension path back into the dark ages. We know from the wheels of the yugas that the 3D wheel is an elliptical wheel that literally our solar system travels on with a 12,500-year ascending arc toward a golden age of enlightenment where those of us who are ready for ascension can get off the wheel But then that elliptical wheel turns onto a 12,500-year descension devolution arc back into the Dark Ages. And we know this to be true from history, that once we were these advanced temple-building civilizations, and then 10,000-some years later we're in the Dark Ages and we can barely build a shack and an outhouse, and Attila the Hun is lopping off heads and we're burning libraries and... So this is just the natural arc on the 3D wheel, the bizarre dance of light and shadow on the 3D wheel of duality. 
But we volunteered to come here to learn those specific lessons in duality. Many of us have been here for a long time, or maybe we volunteered to come back here for this time of the ascension as more advanced beings from a higher dimension to assist in the ascension of humanity. But uh, I talk a lot about this in my book, Rise Up. Well, I, I, um, I think both of your books are, you know, very powerful. And it, it's interesting how the book, you were called to write it and how it came out uh, right before we went into the sitting still and, and being still time um, during the pandemic or pandemic or whatever. Um, so in that, that's kind of interesting as far as the timing of that. Um, and maybe you knew that something that ma- of that magnitude was coming even when you were in the, in the process of, of, of writing it. Um, it's pretty powerful, the timing, don't you think? Yes, thank you for that. It's funny because I actually released the book in 2018, but I didn't feel compelled to engage in a big launch. And, you know, I would want to do it, but spirit would be like, not the right timing. And then in 2019 and, and sort of the beginning of 2020, it was like, now, go. And I like dove in into this big launch of the book. And, um, yeah, it's so crazy how spirit guides us to do these things. But it did feel like, okay, now's the time. And now people can spend the time to go on this intensive 10-day journey. Of course, you don't have to do it in 10 days. You could do it one day at a time if you don't have time for a 10-day immersion. But it really is designed as a 10-day immersion experience with journaling and meditating. It's an adventure. I inspire people to go out into nature and to really commune with nature and really develop that profound sense of oneness, knowing that there's this one life force that's animating all living things and beings, and that we're all loving from the same divine source. And there lies the oneness. And so with this connection to the natural creation and starting to understand more about sacred geometry, the platonic solids, the elements, the Fibonacci spiral, the golden mean spiral, the Fibonacci sequence, all of these things, right, that let you know that there is this divine intelligence in all of creation. And once we understand more about how creation came into being, about the true nature of reality and who we are in it, then we can develop this creator consciousness. And we can be more intentional and effective in our ability to create within it, to create our reality as we move through it. And so we explore not just spirituality, but a lot about quantum physics 
and the way that the reality is constructed and literally is a mental construct and here we are as holographic fractals of our personality sourced from our eternal soul who is sourced by the infinite source right and so just understanding all of this really enhances our lives in so many powerful and positive ways mm, that's really beautiful really rich and beautiful and you know when when we come back after after break I'd I'd like to um, talk a little bit about uh, with you of, of how I think surprised people are when they think that oh I'm finally committing to being aware and awake and uh, being a participant in my in my spirituality we don't get spiritual we get that we are spiritual. <laughs> you know, it always tickles me when somebody says, I really need to get spiritual. It's like, well, you don't buy it on the grocery line. It's not in an aisle. You can't, you know, push a button on the internet and get it. You already have it. You're just awakening to it. But I, I do find that people are uh, surprised uh, that as you, as you do rise up, as you do wake up more, then you even notice more and you can be more sad, but for different reasons, you know, transformative, um, not weary. And I think that's important that people understand that because you feel more, you, you become really more human. You're not asleep to it. Um, at least that's as of today, my feeling on that, that I have observed that in my life. Um, I thought that, you know, I would reach nirvana and just have very little going on. And then uh, religiosity teaches that, you know, uh, <laughs> that you're going to do that in the afterlife. But I, I don't really I don't really buy into that in that either. Everyone, I'm talking today to Suzanne Ross. Uh, she's a selected intentional spirit. Uh, we're delighted to feature her. You can go to her website at Suzanne Ross wellness.com and tune in with her and find out what she offers and what she's doing uh, good time with travel again to look at that uh, Sedona uh, time um, speaking of travel you can go to unity.org forward slash retreats uh, I along with uh, Mark Fuss and uh, Stow Good musicians and amazing uh, teachers we're doing a retreat the last weekend of August and would love to have you join us. We're doing some of the things that Suzanne is talking about, um, shamanism, energy healing, and those kind of things. So we'd love to have you. We'll be right back after this short break. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and so glad you're with us, and so glad that you're with us, particularly on today, as we're talking to Suzanne Ross. She's an energy healer, an intuitive um, issue chakra alignment. I mean, she does all kind of things. Um, quite frankly, she does the kind of things that are absolutely necessary 
at the level in which we exist and coexist on the planet today. We need more people stepping up and, and doing energy work and, and healing and, and receiving um, you know, that energy. So you can go to her website, SuzanneRossWellness.com. She has a couple of books, Rise Up, Wake Up, great titles, um, you know, for sure. I invite you to visit me at templehays.com or firstunity.org. You know, we teach uh, energy healing and shamanic leadership on our institute, our Institute for Leadership and Lifelong Learning. And we'd love to have you engage with that. But as I mentioned before break, love to have you come to the beautiful 1400 acres of Unity Village uh, in August the 25th through the 29th and be a witness to, it's going to be amazing. Oh yeah, we're going to do some things like Suzanne's talking about. We're not just going to be sitting there in a desk being talked at. Oh no, we're going to do some energy work. We're going to teach you some tools that you can use that are beyond the everyday and love to have you. So go to unity.org forward slash retreats and check us out. Suzanne, girl, the rest is up to you. So I'm going to pass this torch to you and and uh, share with us um, some more of your wonderful gifts. I love your voice. And I, I think what really comes through, I think Jeff would agree with me, what really comes through with you on the show is your passion. I just love your passion. It's beautiful. Thank you for that, Temple. <laughs> yes, You're welcome. You owe me five. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a precious gift life is. Every moment of every day, we can embrace our life as that precious opportunity to serve the light of love, to radiate our love and light towards others. But all of us experience some dark nights of the soul, some challenging times. And how do we move through those times with the knowing that everything is in divine order and divine timing? And so that is one of the things that motivates me to do the work that I do, uh, to write the books, to uh, have conscious media. I have a um, television network called SciSpy.tv, S-C-I-S-T-I dot TV. We now have six channels and over 30 shows. And I inspire people to tune in to the network because we have lots of spiritual practitioners, global thought leaders, uh, philosophers, uh, physicists even, people who have dedicated their lives to inspiring, empowering, and enlightening others. And so lots of material to tune into there to inspire and empower you to shine your light. I wanted to talk a little bit in this segment about multidimensionality. And it starts with a paranormal experience that I had here in the UFO hotspot of Sedona, Arizona. To back up a little bit, before I was even born, my father had a missing time experience out in a little town called Leader, Saskatchewan in Canada. Now, he was only 18 years old when him and some buddies took off down a dirt road after dinner one night, and they saw a white light out in front of them, behind them, out in the field. 
So they pulled over and got out. My dad and his best friend leaned against the driver's door to see if this light would go past. Next thing they knew, they were sitting in the car looking at each other. Then they saw this white light merge with a larger orange light and take off into space. And so they drove to the nearest farmhouse, knocking on the door to see if these people saw the lights. The woman was furious they were knocking on her door after midnight. And they said, midnight? We just left our house down the road. It was only 8 o'clock. And then they remembered that they had seen the lights, had gotten out of the car, and they realized they lost four hours of time. Now, the next morning, my dad woke up to find that there was a triangular-shaped object in his wrist, just under the skin. And growing up, he would call this his alien chip. When we were old enough not to be too freaked out by his story, he shared his story with us. And would oh show gosh. us. That's, I just want to breathe that in for a minute because you you're familiar with the story and you probably told it you know 20 times. But that's a big deal. And <laughs> when was that 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 happened to him? Yeah. So my dad was only 18 years old, and so this would have happened uh, around 1950. Uh, he was born, I believe, in 1936. Um, my so gosh. Wow. I mean, that's, you know, that's a big deal. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? Well, that's revolutionary. You know, he was raised in this small little town of Leader, Saskatchewan, in a one room schoolhouse. Right after that incident, he was recruited by NCR, National Cash Register Company. And he ended up becoming a pioneer on the front lines of the emerging computer age. He became a computer genius, became a professor in computer hardware and software, ultimately became the director of communications for um, high-tech uh, uh, software. And so uh, he owes it all to his alienship. He honestly felt like he was being guided. Uh, he may have had downloads of uh, advanced uh, technology during his missing time experience and very well may have continued to, to receive that uh, through his alien chip. So he ended up being moved to Dayton, Ohio, home of uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And, uh, yeah, so the story gets more interesting. Uh, leap forward to uh, 2017 where I am living here in Sedona and have a couple of friends over one night. And we're both, uh, we're all fascinated by the Arcturians, the star race from the star Arcturus. And so one night we decided we'd call upon the Arcturians to see if they would show themselves and make contact. And so we went out on my back upper deck, and lo and behold, there's, a flash of brilliant white light on the horizon. We all grabbed the handrail because we felt dizzy. And then the motion detectors on the bottom level of the stairs, the middle, and then the upper went off. And we're staring at the stairwell as these motion detectors are going off, but we don't see anybody coming up the stairs. 
And then the next thing we knew, we were all standing on the deck freezing, and we thought, well, let's just go inside. And we couldn't make conversation. We all felt disoriented and exhausted. So I said, you know, I'm just going to go to bed. And that's when I looked at my cell phone, and it said 1240, and we had lost four hours of time. The next day, we all felt nauseated and sort of disoriented, and we were all stunned. It's not like we were excitedly saying, oh, my God, do you think we lost four hours? Do you think we were taken up? No, we just stared into space, stunned. Well, it was a couple weeks later that I started to grab poster board and markers, and I was drawing these big circles with 12 circles all around it, like a zodiac wheel, but I knew they were dimensions. And then I started downloading who I was in these different dimensions, what my name was, where I was, and even what I was doing there. And so I started to realize that I was doing this multidimensional soul reunion. And then I realized I could do it for other people. And I was going to talk about it at a conference one weekend. And then I was awoke at dawn to be shown that this was much more than a soul reunion, that as I merged people with their higher dimensional aspects, that it was igniting dormant DNA and bringing more of their brain online. I always wondered why we only use 10% of our brain and only have 4% of our DNA activated. Well, what I was shown is we're only being 10% of who we are in wholeness here in 3D, and that when we merge with higher dimensional aspects, we take on more of who we are. And so in 4D, we have 20% of our brain online, and we activate more DNA. In 5D, it's more, and in 6D, even more. I was shown that 12D is where our eternal soul is in its perfect divine blueprint, whole, perfect, and complete, and lo and behold, from 10% in 3D, at 12%, at 12D, you're at 100%. <laughs> and so I was amazed how the math worked out and have dedicated myself to offering these soul reunions and igniting dormant DNA to awaken innate gifts and abilities. And for me, it's allowed me to really awaken advanced gifts and abilities of spiritual technology, uh, knowledge of quantum physics, uh, doing the profound uh, energy healing uh, sessions that I offer and uh, the spiritual journeys out on the land, really bringing it all together to facilitate the ascension journey for myself and others. That is fascinating. I just love that. What a what a beautiful story. I I don't uh, I've not known anyone up close and personal that has had these experiences. Um, you know, and people have asked me or mentioned in the last um, month or so that um, you know, isn't that fascinating? Uh, it's all over. People talking about UFOs, and I said, you know, I was told that at 19 at a unity church, um, a man that um, worked as a nuclear physicist with the government um, actually knew all about all the information and everything. 
and um, and said that, you know, it wouldn't be released to us. He went on to have a light center in Black Mountain, North Carolina. But, um, you know, just it's there's so much more to life than what we see. Um, if we're open to learning from different ways and and uh, from different energies, it, it's it's a fascinating life. It really is. Anything is Anything is possible. Anything is possible. I love to say that, too. It's a blank slate. Anything is possible. You can do, be, and have anything you desire with the power of your intention to create the highest good for yourself and others, of course. But anything is possible when you expand your mind and you truly believe that. You can move in miracle consciousness and miracles will manifest. That's beautiful. I, you know, I, I know that you uh, had mentioned earlier that you, um, you work with chakras and uh, energy systems of our body, our, our true EKG, our energetic presence. And, and though we have so many more than seven, we tend to tune in on that for, I don't know, simplification or all of that. But, with uh, right now, and I'm not a person that I focus on woos and woes or anything like that. I, I don't live in wanting something to be the way it used to be um, because I don't think that's possible. But with the kind of people that you're working with right now and, you know, um, one of the things, um, Suzanne, that I found fascinating in some of my just work and research is um you know, in the embedded in the first chakra when it's being developed, you know, prior to us being born, um, is the is taste and smell. And I found that fascinating that as we have people have been going through uh, the COVID thing, that that's something that they lose is taste and smell. And um, I just, you know, was all over that going, wow, that's not an accident, of course it isn't, but you know, that's not a coincidence that we're not grounding, um, not doing, we're looking at against nature and you know, we're on next door talking about watch out for the coyote and the mosquito and you know, it's just like, oh my gosh, people, you know, you're on planet earth. I mean, <laughs> I just, anyway, I won't get on that soapbox, but I'm like you, I honor to best to the best I can, all sentient beings, and I think they have significant value for everything that they they bring in the circle of life. But what have you noticed about the energetic presence when you're working with people? Um, are we are we doing enough grounding? Yes, it's so fascinating to do these chakra journeys with people, especially out in the vortex of Sedona. But people come from all over the world to have these spiritual experiences out here in the spiritual mecca of Sedona. And so you get a wide diversity of people coming here with different levels of spiritual interest or even uh, experience working with energy and so it varies greatly I would say that overall though 
99% of the people benefit so much from the chakra journey, from moving through each one of these energy levels, witnessing each one of these wheels. Of course, before we begin ascending through the chakras, we always send a spiraling cord of energy into the heart of Mother Earth, into the iron-hot crystal core at the center, which is the beating heart of Mother Earth. We tune in to Mother Earth And we thank her for always nurturing and sustaining us with her love and compassion before we then start ascending through the chakras in order to get grounded and centered. But I find that it's really in the lower chakras that most people need to do quite a bit of work. Uh, It's that root chakra that really got triggered during COVID, of course survival right the survival instinct and so threatening our security our safety our ability to provide for ourselves our prosperity and then of course our physical well-being right of course the mental and emotional well-being that followed but people you know felt threatened their physical health threatened And, of course, many people lost their jobs and, you know, shifts were made in their lives that were so dramatic that even their safety and security and stability felt threatened. And so we've been doing a lot of work in the the root chakra to cleanse, clear, and illuminate that wheel. And, of course, in the next wheel of creativity and the desire to create and to co-create with others, many began to discover that they weren't being creative in their lives. They weren't allowing the creativity to flow, engaging in creative activities like, you know, painting or drawing or writing or playing a musical instrument and, you know, just inspiring them to allow that creator consciousness to flow, knowing that we're all an aspect of the one infinite creator and as such have that strong desire to create and to be creative. And when we allow creativity to flow, we feel a greater connection with that one infinite creator. And also then, of course, in the um, solar plexus, you know, really feeling disempowered by the whole COVID event, and some people just feeling somewhat disempowered by their life circumstances in general, and so really reigniting that power center at the core of their being so that they can stand in their power with the knowing that they can do, be, and have anything that they desire with the power of their pure intention. And so we go through and we really witness these wheels We pause between each wheel so that they can share what thoughts and feelings, what visions and stories are coming up for them to be cleared or even to be embraced. And then, of course, we use the spiritual technologies of cleansing, clearing, and illuminating those wheels so that their life force, prana, their kundalini energy can flow through them unobstructed. It's so rewarding, isn't it, to see the um, to see the light come back on, to see the rising up and the wake up 
as you were um, talking about earlier, to see people's anxiety and, and depression dissipate because they feel connected again. I mean, we're always connected, but it's about, you know, having that opening. I, I kind of liken it to a, um, like a kinked garden hose, you know, that it has a, a knot kind of in it, it's twisted. And you still have water coming through, but when you get the kink out, you have lots of water. You have lots of energy if in relationship to your your life. And um, I just I was really looking forward to talking to you today because of the um, I, I know the rewards are infinite, you know, that come from the kind of work that you're doing and the way that you're helping others uh, learn how to check in and ground themselves and to um, use their energy for the betterment instead of the depletion of, uh, of who they are. And, and it, it's back to that word simple again, but it's the understanding of it. Yes. Thank you for that. And I love your analogy of the water hose. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yes, and of course we don't just move through the lower chakras. We move into the heart chakra and do work on uh, forgiveness practices and really allowing that love and compassion to flow and through the communication chakra so people are free to share their thoughts and feelings and really to speak their truth and align with their most authentic selves. And I think that's something that also came about during COVID was that opportunity to reflect on the way they were living their lives and what maybe wasn't aligned with their most authentic expression of themselves with sort of an opportunity to recreate themselves in many opportunistic ways. And then, of course, you know, the sixth chakra, activating the sixth sense, and then the crown, really opening the crown to send and receive divine love from the highest realms. And so, yes, thank you for inspiring me to tune into the chakras today. And I do offer chakra meditations on my website. Uh, You can download a series of uh, many different meditations, but in my book, Wake Up, I focus on the chakra meditations, and so you would just click on Wake Up Meditations for that. Rise Up is more about initiations and activations and really igniting the Merkaba, the soul star, to travel through the cosmos and ascend. Um, what is um, what is the story that that comes to mind, if you will, kind of, because I, I love the, um, you know, practical application of, well, you know, because this happened, our lives changed. I mean, me, an example is um, I um, have mostly avoided um, medical, you know, all my life. Um, I still wear a ring that my pediatrician gave me. <laughs> so that's how, that's how I am. Um and but I had a, a severe case of endometriosis, and um, on the rare, you know, once in five times throughout, you know, those twenty-five years that I would go get it seen about or whatever, I would get the you need surgery, you need a history, you know, yada yada, and I'd go, thank you for sharing, bye. Um, 
I'm going to go do, you know, spiritual mind treatment <laughs> instead. Um, it was the chakra work that eliminated, not just lessened, eliminated altogether and um, changed the tra tra trajectory of my life uh, for sure. Um, what's a story that you have that you went, wow, not necessarily related to you, um, but someone without their name that you went, oh my gosh, what, what a miracle. Or do you have one? Well, thanks for asking that. And um, I do think about myself uh, in that same regard of not wanting to run to the hospital or the doctor for uh, surgery or medication, um, trying to apply holistic healing and just taking the best care of myself that I possibly can in order to improve and enhance my health in a preventive way. Um, but I had uterine cancer mm -hmm. and uh, it had spread throughout my entire pelvic region and I did have a hysterectomy and I did have um, the uterus uh, taken out only for them to say uh, originally that they were benign fibroids, but, you know, now that they had taken out the womb, uh, the, womb <laughs> the uterus, that uh, they saw that it was full of malignant tumors, and um, they had already opened me up and done surgery, so it spread. Um, at the time, I opted to have radiation, but not chemotherapy, um, but I am a cancer survivor, and that was well over... Uh, 25 years ago now. Um, Ooh, good for you. Uh, let you. the let the fireworks begin. That is that is so cool. That is so cool. I'm uh, I congratulate you. That is so wonderful. And now look at the work you're doing in the in the world. So I ask you a loaded question, and then and then now it's time for our show to come to end. But you have been a delight. And um, everybody go to SuzanneRossWellness.com. And thank you so much, Suzanne, for being with us today. What a blessing you've been. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.